Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International and Compass Group International, and welcome to another episode. Today, what I'd like to do is, this is going to be a long podcast, but I'd like to recap 2021, what I've learned, what I've gone through, uh, the trends that I've seen, macro trends I've seen worldwide in real estate and investing, and also, obviously, this podcast or these episodes of Geared Around Expats and living abroad. And how this is going to help you is, is that I'm going to talk a lot about of how we here at Compass and in our business have how we've changed because of the pandemic and how we're changing and evolving moving forward. Uh, this is going to be very helpful for not just the expats that's looking to move abroad, but also those that are entrepreneurs and looking to retire very soon, or even working over abroad very soon. So first and foremost, I'm coming at you from, from Thailand, uh, from Bangkok, Thailand. We just got back uh, from Cha'an Beach. Uh, my wife and I, we've been running hard for the last month, uh, all of January. It's been extremely busy. We had tons of clients that were in town uh, that were finally able to make it here in Thailand with a test and go program and uh, introducing them and showing them uh, their new homes that we acquired for them. Uh, pretty much fourth quarter of last year, getting them moved in, getting them settled in, uh, getting them acquired uh, and familiarized with the uh, nearby surroundings of where they live, uh, helping them with uh, furniture to immigration, um, Thai elite uh, visas or retirement visas, just estate planning. I'm making go on and on. So we were extremely busy. And finally, my wife and I had a little time to ourselves. So this last week, we spent it in Cha'an Beach. And I'm going to go a little bit more into detail a little bit later about Cha'an Beach and why that's such a great hidden secret uh, with local ties and also Jeong Tian Beach, which I talk a lot about. There's a lot of similarities uh, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of great information that we found out uh, by spending more time in Cha'an uh, that we didn't know in the past. And then I'm also going to talk about investing, about more on a macro level, uh, looking at just through observations. Uh, for those that are new to this podcast, I do have a financial background. I was vice president of wealth management for a major financial institution in the United States, one of the largest banks in the world, managing close to a billion dollars in assets with a large team uh, back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I left uh, this institution back in, I think, 2000 or 2001. I think it was, no, I think it was actually 2001, 2002. And uh, started my company, Compass Group International. But finance, investing has always been my forte. And that's what, my, that's what we help our clients with. We help our clients invest in alternative assets overseas, primarily real estate holdings. Uh, looking at top emerging markets around the world. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, new asset classes, cryptocurrency, that is all the buzz right now and how that relates to our business. And then we're going to talk more about expat life. Uh, so for those that are new or have been following me, you're well aware that I live pretty much full-time in Asia. Most of my time is here in Thailand. And after over 10 years of living in Thailand, why I'm still doubling down on Thailand and why this is the best place 
to live for a foreigner. Hands down, bar none. You know, from traveling the world with HGTV's House Hunters International, um, producing episodes for them for close to eight years, Thailand is still the best place for expats. And I'm going to end it with that. Maybe I might not go in this particular order, <laughs> but these are the topics I'm going to be talking about today. So uh, the other thing, too, is I, want, I like to talk about my demographics of who is listening to my podcast uh, and how that relates to you. So the one thing is I always look at my analytics. And one thing that was very interesting is up to the pandemic, majority of my listeners were... Uh, let's just say older millennials between that 28 to 30, you know, early 30s, you know, 20s, early 30s. That was the mass majority of my listeners. But now, so two years into this pandemic, it's actually leveled out and tied with Gen Xers. So now I am almost equally weighted with millennials and Gen Xers as my top listeners. Uh, third is coming in at, uh, with the baby boomers, and then fourth is the young Gen, Gen Zs. And how that relates to you and why I find this to be important is, is that in the past, we found that I'm a Gen Xer myself, that most Gen Xers like baby boomers are kind of hesitant in moving abroad because they've lived in this Western country, whether you live in North America, Australia, New Zealand, or UK, and you've built a life there, obviously, and you're very hesitant. You're, uh, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't say it's closed-minded at all. Uh, that's a very rough word. Some people say, oh, these Gen Xers and baby boomers just closed-minded, just don't want to move overseas. That's not the case. It's because in 20 years in this business, what we found in the baby boomers that relates to Gen Xers is the reason why they're not moving. It's not because they're closed-minded. It's because of the family structure. The baby boomers didn't want to move away from their kids and their grandkids. And we found the same exact thing with the Gen Xers. You know, they have larger families and they just didn't want to move away from their kids and their grandkids. So now the Gen Xers are old enough where they have grandkids. You know, I'm, I'm approaching 50 and I have friends that are in their 50s that have grandkids and they don't want to move away. So that's certainly logical. And the other thing, too, is that because of this pandemic, uh, or I should prior to the pandemic, uh, the economy was good. Business was good. Everything was thriving. Everyone was making a lot of money. Real estate prices going up. Uh, new highs in the equities market. So everything was, was thriving and doing well. But now this pandemic came and things have changed. And now the baby boomers are still staying put. They're not moving. But the Gen Xers are now looking because, they're, because their portfolios are going down in value. Uh, real estate prices are getting too expensive. Uh, whether it's downsizing, uh, they... Their savings are dwindling, healthcare uh, prices increasing, just overall inflation is getting more and more expensive to live in Western countries. Now they're looking at it abroad. Thus, my user base or listening base is now getting bigger and filled with more Gen Xers. 
The one thing that I've realized in traveling the world for the last 20 years and looking for my piece of paradise is that there are so many things that people don't look at, but I'm not going to go into detail with that because I've done it so many times. Uh, just to kind of recap really quickly is a lot of people don't look at living abroad, or should, let me rephrase that. People look at living abroad like a vacation. Just because you visited Mexico two or three times a year and you love it there doesn't mean it's a great place to live. Just because you visited Italy two or three times a year or Spain two or three times a year, it's not the best place to live. In my business, in understanding the expat lifestyle, there's so many other factors that people don't look at. Uh, the boredom factor, keeping you occupied. Because now that you're living in these countries where the cost of living is less, you have to fill your time with stuff to do because you're not working. And then if you get really bored and you want to seek employment and maybe have a part-time job just to have something to do, well, there isn't enough opportunities for you or nobody speaks English. And just to let you know, I am not bilingual. I'm Taiwanese, Japanese, and Canadian, but I am not bilingual. My first language was Taiwanese, uh, but I came to the States at a very young age and uh, lost it all. So I only speak English, so I can relate to you. You want to be in a country that you don't need to learn a second language. And especially if you're older, like a Gen X or a baby boomer, or even a late millennial, you're just not open into learning a new language. So the one thing that you have to realize is, is that when you're looking abroad is making sure that you've, you and your husband and your kids, or your family have really made an effort to not just create a monthly budget, so tracking every single expense. And this applies to everyone of all financial levels, whether you're poor or rich. That's what you need to do. For at least 30 days, track all your expenses. And then look at that. Because by tracking your expenses, especially for someone that's more wealthy, someone that's worth five, $10 million, yes, you can afford it, but what I want you to look at is your lifestyle. By tracking expenses, you're gonna see how much time you spend out, how much time you spend at home. What are you spending your money on? What, what are you doing to keep yourself occupied, keep yourself entertained? Because this pandemic has shown that people, especially Westerners, are, and now children, are going into depression because they're stuck at home. And that's the one thing I'm really going to emphasize on and how we differ here in Asia and why I'm still doubling down in a place like Thailand. So when you see all over the news ever since the pandemic started, it's shortage of this, shortage of that, supply chain issues here, supply issues there, thus uh, increases here, and, and then obviously the mass, massive amount uh, or massive rise in inflation. Well, folks, I want you to know, we're not seeing any of that here in Thailand. Yes, of course we have some inflation, but not like in Western countries. Used car prices aren't increasing by 25, 30%. Real estate values aren't increasing by 25, 
I mean, it's crazy. I'm from the Southwest in the United States and Vegas, Tucson and Phoenix used to be one of the top places to move to in the Southwest. Now those three cities, the average price points are getting close to upper 300s to, to lower 400s. That is crazy for these cities. Where pre-pandemic, they were low 300s. We have a steady rate of appreciation here where you're still going to get a great rate of return. But it's still affordable. I go to any grocery store. My wife and I go shopping. There's a shortage of nothing. Everything is still on the shelves, fully stocked. We have beautiful meats that come from Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Korea. If you weren't aware, you know, I, I was watching and I was watching this show on Netflix about Korean barbecued beef. I forgot what the show is called. It's in Korean in the subtitle. I had no idea how much beef Koreans eat. And they have their versions of Wagyu and Kobe. And it's and the meat and the marbling is amazing. So any of the stores we go to, we, everything is readily available. In addition to that is, yes, when a pandemic was at its high in 2021 last year, yeah, movie theaters and gyms were shut down. But folks, here in Thailand, we, we reopened, the government reopened all that sooner than any Western country. Right now, while the Omicron variant is running wild in Western countries, it's being more contained here in Asian countries like here in Thailand. Gyms are open. Movie theaters are open. Bars are open. It's as if nothing has changed. And that's what I'm getting at. In the two years, uh, when I look at my friends, when I talk to my friends, and they feel like they've been in in-house prison, in-house arrest, literally two years, going to depression, pulling their hair out, they can't even go to the gym to work out their frustrations. We're here, everything's open. Buffets, open. The precautions are put in. Mainly because the cost of living is low here because people don't make a lot of money here. The average wage for an average Thai is roughly about $150, maybe $200 a month. And, it's, and they can still, they still can eat three meals a day. Well, obviously you can't live on that in any Western country. So what that means is hiring people is very inexpensive. So restaurants are able to hire more staff and when they turn a table over, they can quickly, they have enough staff to disinfect that table and the chairs, wipe everything down, spray everything down with, uh, with disinfectant. That's why everything is open here. When you go to a gym, it's fully staffed with, uh, with staff wiping down gym equipment all the time. Someone gets off, you know, and also the respect that people have here in Asia is quite different. It's refreshing when people respect one another and re respect another one's space, unlike Western countries where it's about me, 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 me. 
what can you do for me? You're taking away my freedom. They don't care about anybody else. It's just about me, 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 me. We're here. People care for one another. They care for one another's well-being. So what that means is, is that social distance is practiced and it's not offensive. People aren't ridiculing others uh, for not wearing a mask or wearing a mask. It's just the norm here, wearing masks. Wearing masks has been a norm in Asia, especially big metropolitan cities like Bangkok, is because of the air pollution. We've been doing it for decades, folks, so it's nothing new, it's part of our lifestyle. So people aren't mask shamed. You just do it. So it's nice when you have groups of individuals that are willing to take care of each other and look over each other. Every place you go, even to 7-Elevens, there are stations to, um, to sanitize your hands with rubbing alcohol or, or the, you know, those gels. <clears throat> it's everywhere. So if you're wondering, you're like, okay, well, if everybody's out doing stuff, why aren't the cases in places like Thailand, like in Bangkok, increasing? It's because people are taking the initial steps to safely distance themselves, take the precautions to protect themselves and others. Every single time you walk into a mall, there is a... Uh, there, there is a greeter. You have to put your hands on his temperature. It's going to measure temperature. And then you quickly disinfect your hand with an alcohol spray. It's just the norm. That's why you're not seeing crazy cases like you're seeing in the States or even the UK. For me, because people are taking care of each other, thus everything here is open in Thailand. I'm free, my wife and I are free to do what we want. We're not locked up in cages in our homes like house arrest because nobody, bottom line, gives a shit about each other and it's all about me. What are you doing for me? Why can't I do this? I don't care about you, it's all about me. That's why I love living here. You know, for New Year's Eve, I don't know how your New Year's, how you kicked off the New Year's was, but we kicked off New Year's Eve uh, on a dinner cruise. And we cruised along a Chow Pai River. It was a, it was a gorgeous evening. Uh, the weather was perfect. Everything. So let's recap 2021. 2021 was a year that everybody was hoping that the coronavirus uh, would be defeated and everything would reopen. Travel would be back to normal. Everybody would be free round to do whatever they want. Um, inflation will be handled. Um, supply chain issues will be solved. But it didn't. It got worse. Uh, the Delta variant popped up. Then the Omicron variant popped up. Supply issues got worse. Inflation um, got worse. Everything got worse. So right when everyone was saying, 2021, I'm ready to get back out in the world. 
I'm ready to go back to work. It actually, you had, you actually, instead of taking two steps back, you took 10 steps back. Where 2021 for us was business as usual. And one of the things that we did was we made changes in 2021 knowing that this pandemic is now going to be part of everyday lives as a human being that lives on this planet. If it's not Corona, it's going to be something else. And my theory in talking to friends that are doctors, I have many friends that are doctors that are actual MDs, and they say the same, that it is going to be similar to flu, to the flu, where the flu or the common cold has never been cured because there's so many different variants. But obviously, Corona is a stronger variant where it kills more people. It's more deadly. So there's going to be times in our lives where it would be like the Omicron variant, where it's just basic flu symptoms. No one's really dying from it. Not like from the Delta variant or the early on uh, Corona, uh, when they call it COVID or coronavirus, when people were dying. But then there are times in our lives and times in the year where there will be a new variant and it can become deadly. Let's just say that uh, by this summer, we're able to contain coronavirus, contain Omicron, where everyone, everything can reopen. But who's to say a year or two years down the road, there's a new variant of coronavirus where it's extremely deadly, like Delta and we go back on lockdown. Then we repeat the whole cycle again. It could be three months. It could be six months. It can be, it can be so many. It can be so, so sorry about that. I had a call come in, so it kind of sounded weird. It can be so many new variants down the road.
whether you're a person that has a couple million dollars that's looking to buy a home in Thailand and move here with your family, retire within the next two months or two or three years, that's what we'll do for you. Or another client that's looking to buy a boutique hotel for five or ten million dollars, or even uh, a hedge fund that's looking to buy a hotel that's $150 million here in Asia. That's what we do. That's our core business. Real estate investments in the top emerging markets of the world. So now, in the past, we used to focus everywhere. I would say, whatever you want in any part of the world,
simple way of, of, of seeing. So when you look at Mexico, which is the fattest country in the world, it's their diet, and they're not getting any richer, they're actually going sideways. But when you look at how in a quality of food they're eating here in Thailand, and the type of products that they are carrying in these supermarkets, so for example, Whole Foods Market in the United States is considered the top echelon for expensive, expensive foods, organic foods, grass-fed beef. What we have our equivalent of Whole Foods Market, it's not just Whole Foods Market, it's many, many different franchises, from the market to tops, to even when you go to a Tesco or Lotus, you will see high-end quality foods. And they're there because people are buying them. Just do the research yourself. And, and especially when you are living here and you see the day-to-day -day interaction of people as opposed to the day-to-day -day interaction of people in Latin America, it's different. And Latins are, are still, you know, the opportunities aren't there. The food quality isn't there. People aren't making as much money. And the other thing, too, about Latin America, which I saw a long time ago, is the massive migration of Latins that are fleeing their country to get to North America. But here in Thailand, Taiwan, obviously Singapore, even Korea, Japan, wherever these countries here, they don't want to leave their country. Sure, it's like the United States. Is better in Taiwan, in Thailand. When you speak to a Thai, and I'm talking about true bank hacking, that college educated, executive, an entrepreneur, I'm not talking a farmer from Nissan, talking about a middle class or upper middle class Thai, and you get no choice. Would you, if I can give you a green card or a passport to become a naturalized citizen in the United States, would you go? That's what you're going to say no. That's when you know that a country is doing the right thing for their citizens. Then when you flip to Latin America and you ask their citizens, other the exception of Costa Rica, they don't want to leave because of the heavy droughts. Farmers that have been working on their lands for generations after generations can no longer grow fruits and vegetables. They're starving. Governments are so corrupt. They're taking Thailand, pre-pandemic, has 40 million. 
recently last year, I was in Singapore uh, for a meeting, and the wealth is still incredible. Taiwan, which is a very hard place to get into right now because of, because of the lockdown, uh, Taipei, Taiwan is considered number one place, city to work and live for millennials. And the reason why is because Taipei, Taiwan looks like Singapore. It's clean, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, it's safe. Everybody speaks English. And it's still reasonable to live. It's a cheaper Singapore. I'm not saying that because I'm Taiwanese. I'm saying that is because that is the sheer truth. Just simply research for yourself. So 2021, we've made those changes to make sure that should these new pandemics and lockdowns happen, we're covered. So I'm not interested in selling anything in Latin America, in Europe. I'm interested in just my backyard and what I know and what I love, and especially here in Thailand. This is not just a wonderful place to live, to retire. It's also a wonderful place to work. And there are so many investment opportunities. And another thing too that we changed on our business side is our social media. So you will see very soon that I have pretty much deactivated, I would say about 75% of my I came to naturalization, actually I came to naturalization, actually I realized this a long time ago. It's just when you look at social media, so when I'm talking to the entrepreneurs out there listening to this, you're selling a product or service and everyone tells you to create many, many, many different pages and you sell Google and pick up, pick up what you're posting and, and blah, blah, blah. That's great if you're selling a product or service. That 75 80% of people want or are looking for. My clientele is 0.1%. I'm looking for a very, very specific clientele that's looking to spend at least a million dollars or more in a place like Thailand. That's literally 0.1% or less. So no matter how much money I spend in AdWords, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be, I have never gotten any lead that closed from social media. Everything is always word of mouth. My business is based on reputation. It's word of mouth. And I'm okay with that. I mean, a good living doing that. 
bigger than yet. I have a very, very small percentage, fractionally, of people that will be my clients. When someone is looking to move to a place like Thailand and buy real estate, invest in real estate, they are actively searching and they will find me. And I'm not looking to accrue tons of likes. Take a step back and see how you can change your business to ensure your pet 
proud of my wife. Uh, I'll say this for another podcast, but just really quickly. My wife was just recently announced that she will be getting, she will have the distinct honor of being awarded Thailand's 2022 Teacher of the Year. She'll be receiving the award in February by the Minister of Education. That is huge. That is huge. So happy for her. Uh, my wife has a business consulting business that she does corporate training, but also she has a passion for teaching English. And she's never stopped. She's been teaching English for almost two decades now, ever since that she was in college. And all those two decades of teaching has paid off. She's finally being recognized. I'm so happy for her. And she deserves it because she's amazing. But even with her, she stopped paying for placement. Because if someone here in Thailand, an organization, and she trains some of the top organizations, the equivalents of Exxon, the equivalents, these large, huge corporations, the equivalent of Lennar, William Lyon, KB Homes, those large type of corporations, she trains their staff, their executive staff here. How do they find them? Word of mouth. She played for she paid for placement. Same exact day, Facebook, Instagram, four nine yards, go backwards. Never yielded any clients. So now, over the last year, strictly organic. She just got another person that just contacted her uh, through another referral uh, that has a large business of brokerage that wants her to train her staff. So the thing is, is that obviously, if you are in this type of consulting business, the organic, the organic way. I mean, you're paying whether your budget's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, whatever it may be, but is it really yielding you the sales? But obviously, if you're selling widgets, if you're selling iPhone cases, if you're selling e scooters, shoes, clothing, obviously, you have to pay for placement. But when you're saying business consulting with my Mike and I, then you should reanalyze everything and start saving your money. Put the money elsewhere. So 2021, in our business, we made our changes. And also another thing, too, that we're seeing is, is that I truly, truly believe that people do not want to go back to the office and that investing in office buildings is not a good future return. I do not believe people will go back to the office, especially in Western countries. In Asia, they will. It's just so traditional here. Buying office buildings still makes sense. People still wear uniforms, people still wear suits, they go to the office. Western countries, they don't want to go back to the office. They want to be at home. A great resignation. I mean, people are resigning from their jobs because they want to work at home. They're used to working at home. And I don't believe that's going to change. And I believe that the future is going to change in how we work. You know, you hear this term called metaverse in the crypto world. But it's not just a crypto world anymore because now Facebook has changed their name to meta. And my favorite macro analyst and investor, Rao Powell, says the best. When people ask him, what is a metaverse? Is it like that game Ready Player 
That's why I feel that the future, especially for any real estate developers that are listening to this right now, the future is going to be homes need to be redesigned. Houses, townhouses, condos, buildings need to be redesigned because of future pandemics. What that means is, is that a spare bedroom cannot double as a gym or a home office because it doesn't feel like a gym.
average age of, let's say, 50 years old, and you have $300,000 per person, you have to look at it in your life. You can retire. Where we all know that living in Australia, New Zealand, UK, or in North America, a million dollars is not enough to retire, even at 50. Because most likely you will continue to have a mortgage payment. Inflation will continue. Rising healthcare costs. We don't have that type of rise in inflation here because the average income per tie is $150, $200 a month. It can't be that high. So, as I tell most people, if you are poor in England, if you're considered poor in Sydney, if you're living paycheck to paycheck with very little savings in Auckland, you're considered middle class. If you are middle class in these countries, you are considered rich here. If you are rich in those countries, you're considered a billionaire here. Your life dramatically, exponentially improves. And you should just consider the same. Hey, you know what? I'm tired of this shit. I'm exhausted. And I'm just ready to retire. And if you want to work, there is a plethora of opportunities here. You want to work part-time? Teach English. Done. Uh, if you don't want to teach English, I can guarantee you there's something, some sort of business for you to buy, something for you to do here. And then the other thing, too, is when you look at, for example, the United States, because of increase in real estate prices, houses getting more and more expensive so people cannot afford to buy a home but they will never ever be able to pay off a home. A home is your largest expenditure, your mortgage. Where here, you can buy a condo for $100,000 for you and your wife or buy a single family.
We're here to help.